This program will reveal various conversations about music education topics, including all levels, from middle school to the collegiate level, with a focus on presenting information to hopefully assist current and future music educators. This podcast is a part of the Music Initiative Project and Consortium based on past and current research about the challenges and victories in urban music programs. This podcast will air each Monday for about 50 minutes. The podcast can be downloaded and shared. The podcast highlights include The Pressure, Pressing Topics in Music Education, The Marching Arts, Jazz Band, and Concert Bands, What Works for Me, Interviews with Special Guests on Techniques and Tools that Really Work in Their Specific Situations, Music Education Resources Talk, Sharing Information on Effective Resources for Urban Music Programs, Where is the Money? fundraising ideas and resources for urban music programs. We'll have successful program shout outs, collegiate program highlights, and special guests. Invited guests discussing various topics about music education. This is The Pulse, and thank you to those who've taken the time out to listen to this fourth episode. We really appreciate those who have listened to these episodes, and we're making an effort to change the music education narrative one episode at a time. There have been many conversations about what collegiate band directors are looking for when it comes to their recruits. This podcast is our effort to gain more information from an HBCU marching band program, more than likely in the thick of recruitment season. My question is, does participation in high school concert band matter regarding collegiate band scholarships? I asked this question due to a statement made by another director saying that it really doesn't matter to the collegiate directors if a student actually participated in their high school concert band. Let's find out if that topic really does matter in tonight's podcast. So we welcome as our special guest tonight, Professor Patrick Moore, Director of Bands from South Carolina State University. And welcome to you, Prof Moore. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Doing good. It's an honor to be here uh, with you guys. Uh, thank you for the invitation. Much appreciated. Um, Prof Moore, tell us a little bit about yourself and the program at South Carolina State University. Well, I'm from uh, originally from Arkansas. I attended the university bachelor's degree. Then I attended Texas Tech for my master's. I'm currently um, in, a, in a dissertation writing phase through Abilene Christian, working on my EDD and organizational leadership in higher education administration. Um, this is my second year uh, at South Carolina State. Uh, we are kind of what I like to say are in a rebuilding phase, revamping some things uh, with the program, um, particularly with our in, in the instrumental department area, trying to you know rebuild each program, instrumental program that we offer uh, to its fullest potential and trying to do some other things within the program too to gain more exposure uh, as far as performances uh, at you know music education conferences. The Wind Ensemble will actually be performing next week at the South Carolina, uh, South Carolina Music Education Conference for the first time in school history. 
and just oh, trying wow. to do some things too to get these students some um, some big experience. So we got a lot of different goals that I've set out personally and some things I've done with my staff as well. And we're just working on trying to achieve all those things here quickly. Oh, that's amazing, man. The South Carolina State or South Carolina Music Educators Conference, right? Yes. Okay, man, that's cool. That's that's a big deal. I, I would say that's big time. What are your thoughts about tonight's topic? Does participation in high school concert band matter regarding collegiate band scholarships? What do you think about that? It does matter. Um, I can speak for our program and for fact that it matters because when a student comes in to audition, one of the requirements, which we have listed on our website, uh, and we also tell the directors, we want to hear the students, one, play their scales. We prefer to see if they can play them two octaves. Uh, and I actually prefer them to play them in two different styles. One, I would like for them to just play them all in quarter notes uh, at a straight tempo. And then the second version, I would like for them to play them in a eighth note uh, fashion or sixteenth note fashion at the same tempo as well. It just shows how flexible the student is as far as one, knowing the instrument, being able to also know their range and the technical ability of just playing scales in general. Um, next for the wind players, we ask that they play two contrasting pieces, one being a, te a technical A2, something that you would generally see students perform when they go to audition for our region or our state or district and things of that nature. And then the second one, we ask the students to play a lyrical piece. And see, students can get all this uh, information on how to actually perform these type of things that we're looking for with students in their high school concert band. So it does matter a whole lot. Uh, the concert band also gives the students the ability to be more expressive musically. And those are the type of things that we are looking for when students come to audition at South Carolina State. Yeah. We do have some students that... Uh, they do come in, and after they've played those things, then they still want to display something that they've done in marching band. And we do entertain the fact and listening to it because we want to see that skill set as well. But the concert aspect, uh, you know, that's where you get really detailed with the technical ability of breathing. It's that's the one of the important things in playing your instrument is knowing how to properly breathe and how to properly be musical. And concert band really helps you do those things. Marching band does help to an extent, but you are kind of limited as far as what you're playing uh, in right. some ways. And concert band pushes you past that, um, yes. that limitation, right? So it matters a lot. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we, we want to dispel any of the, the rumors that it doesn't matter. And I pretty much figured it's, it's, it's a cut and dry answer. It, it does matter. Um, so you spoke about the student being able to display their, their different musical abilities. And that's a segue into my second question. Um, the importance of a student being well-rounded for music in the instrumental program at South Carolina State. How important is that? It's very important because we offer, of course, we offer marching band, but we also offer, we have two concert bands that perform in the spring semester. Um, and then we also have a jazz band program. We have a brass ensemble and we're working towards developing full-time percussion ensemble and full-time woodwind ensemble. Right. So being able to be flexible, one, <clears throat> the more flexible you are, there's probably a chance you're going to get a bigger offer scholarship-wise because it shows that you can be beneficial to multiple aspects of the instrumental program instead of just one main area. So yeah. I tell students all the time, you know, don't just settle, oh, I'm good at marching band, I don't want to do concert band. Do what you have to do to be as flexible as possible on your instrument 
because one, it will help you get more funds when you come to college. But also, if you're going to be a music educator, it's just a good thing to be well-rounded in the different aspects of uh, being a musician. So that that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, what are some suggestions about musicians pre- preparing for band scholarship auditions? What would you specifically su- suggest? Well, one thing I would tell students, uh, first, you know, kind of see where is it that you want to audition and you want to look up or make in contact with that place to see what are their audition requirements, because that's going to help you prepare better. It takes all the guessing out of what you actually need to do to be prepared for the audition. Um, generally, scales are going to be asked because scales are difficult for a lot of people to be able to play, particularly as you get to adding more sharps and more flats along the way and also playing in more than one octave. Um, so learning your scales, make sure you have really good breathing technique for when you're playing. A lot of people don't think about this um, just from talking to some students. Learn how to play your scales so musical that it sounds like a piece. It should be just as interesting as a piece of music. Um, I'm a percussionist, but even when I practice my skills on a daily basis, I do them in multiple different ways, different dynamics, um, and different rhythmic structures because, one, it teaches me to stay flexible with my playing ability. Mm -hmm. Um, The next thing I would tell the students, when you do find out what the audition requirements are, find some pieces, yes, that are technical, but find something that's also at your level. Um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions a lot of people have is when you're coming to audition for at colleges that we're only looking for the best players. Now, yes, we are looking for great players, but we're also looking for players that we see has potential that we can develop at the same exact time. So mm-hmm. find something that suits your playing ability and play it to the top of your playing ability, you know, and just be confident. Um, those are kind of the main things um, that we look you should be looking for when you get ready to audition, and it will help you um, – Get an audition. Also, I tell students, don't just audition at one place. Audition at multiple places. Even if you maybe not be considering going to a school, just getting that audition ability to sit in front of another professor and receive feedback will help better prepare you for future auditions that you have. Um, When I was in high school getting ready to go to college, I think I auditioned at every single school that I had an opportunity to audition at, Um, even if I knew... I wasn't considering going to school there per se, um, or even if I wanted to go to school there, because it helped me understand what else I needed to do to become a better percussionist Mm. during those times. So take advantage of all those opportunities, because you might be surprised that one place that you want to go to, they might actually reject you. And one of the other places you didn't think you were going to go, they might actually be your highest offer when it comes to scholarship and funding. Oh, wow. So they just the kids really need to be first with the scales, just as musical as possible. And then second, with their choice of institutions, they have to have some flexibility with that. That that makes perfect sense, man. It's it's a logical answer. And I think a lot of kids don't think of it like that. They get their heart set on. I want to be in this one institution and they're not looking at the offers or the opportunities at other university programs. So. That's some great advice. I really do appreciate you giving a listening audience that advice. Is, uh, what are some major characteristics that you would look for in a recruit for the South Carolina State University marching 100, right? Oh, I see uh, 101. 101, okay. Well, we'll <laughs> add one more band member, so <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. 
Um, some major characteristics that we look for in recruits. Uh, generally, like I said, we're looking for people who, one, have a uh, drive and a passion for wanting to actually play their instrument. We're looking for students who have great potential. Uh, me, I look for students who have great potential to be leaders within the organization uh, who are going to have a positive impact in what um, the program is actually doing. So I always question um, students who come in to do audition or students who are recruiting about what are some things that they've done in their own high school band program? Do they consider themselves a leader within their program? Would the director say that they're a strong player or, you know, those type of questions. And we also look at what are some of the things that students are looking at majoring in, particularly the students who are looking to be music education majors. This gives us an opportunity to kind of talk more to them about what is it takes to actually be a music major. Um, I can't tell you how many students I've met who just feels that being a music major in college means just coming to college and make some beats. And that is, you know, you know, a lot of misinformation. So it gives me that opportunity to kind of also educate those students to let them know the path that they're looking to go down. So again, yeah. I look for students with, um, you know, good potential to be great performers, students who has a drive, who want to be great, and students who also can be uh, standout leaders within the organization to help the organization get to that next level. Oh, okay. Man, that's some great information. All of this is good. This is really good. Um, what are some of the audition dates for the marching band program and the music program there at South Carolina State University? We actually are getting ready to start our auditions um, here very soon um, this next week. Our first auditions, we're hosting one on January 31st, February 14th, February 28th, March 27th, April 10th, April 24th, and May 1st. We also make it known to students that if they are unable to attend one of those audition dates, they can always contact the office and we can set up a Skype interview. Or we can also set up a video audition. Students can submit videos of them performing. And whatever it is that um, needs to happen, we will come out to the schools to do auditions um, for students, which we're going to be doing that here pretty soon. We're getting that scheduled together. Uh, whatever we need to do, I'm just going to make it accessible for the students. Um, they just, just let us know. Uh, my email address is P. M-O-O-R-E, the number six, at scsu.edu. And they can also call my office at 803-536-8570. Okay. Well, Professor Moore, I can tell you that the information, the dates, and the email address, what I can also do is just add it to the um, this actual podcast and give it to the audience members as, as well. Then my final question to you, you presented at a music conference this past weekend, right? Uh, yes, I've actually okay. uh, presented at two different conferences this past week. Oh, wow. All right. Do you mind telling the audience a bit about the topic that you were speaking about? Yeah. Um, so Wednesday, I was at the Missouri um, State Education Music Education Conference. And I presented a topic on mistakes of young band, mistakes of young music directors or young mm. band directors. Okay. Um, and this came about generally me sitting and talking with some of my other friends, and we've all been teaching now about ten years, and thinking about things that we did our first few years of teaching that we thought were just the best thing in the world to do. It comes out they were just terrible ideas and caused us stress. 
Um, and some of it were things that we just never learned while we were in college because there was just not enough time to get everything and you learn when you're on the job. Um, and so I try to discuss a lot of different things that, uh, from my own personal experiences, um, that, uh, that caused me a lot of struggles. Um, then I also got a lot of feedback from hundreds of directors, uh, in the state of Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Florida, who all graciously sent me kind of like their top three mistakes that they felt were just kind of some of the most worst things they could have done as teaching that caused them a lot of stress. Um, So I ended up coming up with uh, my general topic of 11 main things and then ended up having a hundred additional kind of mistakes that these other seasoned uh, amazing directors were willing to share with me of some mistakes that they had made within their program. So the hope is that all those who attended that clinic in Missouri, you know, definitely got a great broad knowledge of some things that they should definitely consider uh, when they're uh, teaching. Um, the second conference, um, I was in uh, Georgia this past Saturday, uh, yesterday, and the topic on that was uh, how to survive your first year of teaching. Mm-hmm. And this clinic kind of discussed a lot of things that as you're looking at it, you will say, well, man, some of this stuff should kind of be common sense. But it's really easy to remember that once you get into the job, there are things that are common sense. Some of those things really kind of go out the window because you're trying to solve so many problems. There's so many issues. Every one of your students has like five different personalities that you're trying to juggle. (laughs) You're trying to get yourself acclimated to a brand new environment. And so, you know, just kind of address some things and say, hey, you know, you can you can do this. You can make it. Um, There have been multiple reports that come out that there are a lot of teachers within their first three or four years, they quit teaching. And I think within the first five years, that 40 percent of teachers who start in the profession, they leave at year five. Wow. Um, So, you know, a lot of educators are being lost because, you know, either they're burned out or the job is just not what they thought it was. So I was just trying to give, you know, some knowledge, you know, to these younger directors um, who are going to be coming in, who are going to be doing this job. And um, actually, um, I'm here in town actually a few more days and I'm actually flying out um, Wednesday to go to Arizona and I'll be speaking at their music education conference as well. And I'll be doing a topic on um, building and branding your band program. Whoa, that's a good one. That's a really good one, especially for the young directors and some of the old veterans as well. Man, that's that is amazing. Professor Moore, you, that man, that's that's crucial. Not enough of that information being being shared uh, from people who are actually in the trenches or have been in the trenches to help these younger ones coming in. So I totally agree with you on that, man. Congrats on that. Oh, thank you. That's major. Yeah. I had some great, I still have some great mentors, man, you know, who's helped me along the way who are still helping me. And I'm just basically taking out the knowledge that I've gained personally gained from other people and just trying to share it. Uh, with others. Um, I've, I've spoken at so many different music education conferences now. Um, it's still kind of, you know, surreal that I get to actually do this and more and more people um, call me to come back. Um, I think I've done over maybe 20 some music education conferences now um, this far in my career. And, you know, man, it's just it's an honor to be asked to come speak and give this type of knowledge to young educators who are going to be going into this field here soon. Yeah. Well, listening audience for the the actual show or the podcast tonight, I can't call it a show. We have with us 
Professor Patrick Moore, Director of Bands from South Carolina State University. And Professor Moore, I wish you the best of luck on all of your endeavors. It's not even luck, man, because you you have this knowledge base that you can share with so many directors and music educators around the country. And I would just like to say thank you for gracing us on our podcast tonight. And the best of luck and safe travels to you as well. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. So thank you, Prof. Moore. And we will see everyone else on the Pulse. Thank you. Tonight's podcast, our second special guest is someone I consider a very important person in music education in the great state of Texas. I say this with the utmost respect for him, his family, and his musical lineage. I remember Tom arriving at Jack Yates High School in Houston, Texas as a young band director, and this man's father 
visited me and gave me the best advice a young band director could receive from someone who I would consider a legend as a band director. Little did I know that my own children would go on and be a part of this man's band program at Willow Ridge High School. The legendary Willow Ridge High School band program under Mr. Ronald Thornton Sr. Tonight, we have Mr. Ronald Thornton Jr. or two, as most people <laughs> call him as a guest. So let us all welcome him to the post. Good night, uh, Mr. Thornton. Uh, good evening. Good evening. Good evening, right. Ms. Williams. <laughs> yeah, man. I, hey, we appreciate you. And like I said, we were having some some difficulties in connecting, but we connected. So, Oh, yes. All right. So, Mr. Thornton, tell us a little bit about yourself and your musical background. Oh, man. All right. Well, as you know, Ronald Thornton II, and a lot of people know me as two, uh, because uh, low brass myself, been teaching for 10 years in the high school and junior high world, now down in the elementary world. But before, you know, graduating school, all that, I traveled a lot with uh, Howard University and Texas Southern University from coast to coast, playing my horn and just been enjoying myself and hoping that uh, I can spread the knowledge my father passed down to me to Mm. my students. Okay. Well, man, I I tell you, um, I, I did mention about meeting your dad when I first came to Houston. And and I remember that very day, man, we sat out on the stoop right outside the band room. Your dad kicked some knowledge to me about yeah. Yates High School and the Third War community in Houston. And I took it all in. Oh, yes. And utilized yeah. everything. Then my own kids got high school age, my oldest daughter, and she was a majorette and she played clarinet in oh, Willowridge. Yes. And then my, my youngest daughter, she played bass clarinet. And was a majorette as well. And I just remember that program. Man, it was amazing. And they're doing an amazing job right now um, at at Willow Ridge as well. Yeah. So, Mr. Thorne, can you share just a little bit of information about your father and his love for music education and some of his accomplishments? Wow. How much time do we have? (laughs) Oh, we got plenty of time, man. All right. Well, actually, I I can start right there. That conversation you had with him. Uh, he's mm-hmm. he, a graduate of uh, Jack Gates High School, class of 67. Mm-hmm. He is so well-versed in knowing, I mean, growing up, you know, Douglas uh, Elementary School, Ryan Junior High School, over to Yates. He just really, really had a great passion for Yates High School. Yeah. Also, uh, being at St. John's uh, on Dowling, that particular yeah. church is, you know, big time, one of the first mega churches here in town. And being part a great pride in everything he did. I mean, he mm-hmm. would tell us things about in being in a parade. He would say, as we marched down the street, sometimes you wouldn't see a lot of African Americans on the on the parade route. And every now and then, you see maybe a couple guys, and they, you know, they were not the most well dressed people. And he said, you know what? That's who we're marching for. That person right yeah. there is so proud to to see this band come down here, looking like him. And looking good and sounding good, so he he had that passion in everything he did. I mean, he it could be any type of uh, genre of music. He could go from concert band to jazz band, a marching band, brass ensemble. It could be soloing ensemble. He knew mm-hmm. every time he stepped forward, somebody was looking at his presentation. He wanted to make sure that whatever 
he was doing or whatever his band was doing was always a five-star uh, presentation, five-star uh, education through music. Wow, man, that is, that's so deep. And, and Mr. Thorne, when I thought about doing this interview with you and having you on the podcast, man, I, I was uh, pondering because I consider your dad a legend. And then you're carrying on that tradition and music education. And even by, you know, teaching at the elementary level, some music educators would be like, I could never do that. But that's really where it starts. And the reason I say that, because my own children started music in the third grade at Lovett Elementary. Oh, yes. And then they went through that program on the Jenny Croft. Yeah, and then I just remember them. (laughs) Yeah, I just remember them going from from Lovett to Johnston Middle School with Mr. Green, and and I know your dad and Mr. Green, they were close associates. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, I I know they were close associates, man. So the thing that you're saying, sometimes we got to look back to look forward and continue on this legacy in music education, and then the examples that were given. So I never, I'll never forget your dad. And, and oh. what he did for me and what he did for my own kids. And I'm quite sure several hundreds, if not thousands <laughs> of other people out there that, oh, that think man. the same thing, man. Yes. He, he, he definitely touched many people. It was a uh, very charismatic guy. I mean, he would always yes. open his door to speak to everyone. And he, yes. he always gave some type of advice, some, something he learned. He felt he had to pass down. And yes. it, was, it was being his child. You know, and I do call myself the son of a legend. Yeah. He, the conversations we would have, man, just so memorable. I mean, we could talk about, uh, we could watch any college band, any high school band, and we would analyze their performance. And mm-hmm. we would talk about the halftime show and say, okay, do you, do you agree with the, with the uh, theme of the show was? I said, yeah, it seemed like it worked out okay. Then you would ask mm-hmm. me, well, what would you do? And so we would start to compare what songs we would play for that particular halftime. And it, 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 yeah, so we would actually have like a battle of the bands <laughs> right there in the, in the living room. You know, oh, wow. Like, yeah, we're watching Texas A&M or, or Penn State or USC. And we're like, oh, that dance routine looks fine. But I wouldn't have done that. I would have I done this right here. Or I would have mm-hmm. brought back some Tower of Power. I would have, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire piece right here. And he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll come out and say, well, you know, what about a little jazz? You know, <clears throat> how, you know how about a little uh, Bubba Thomas? Or let's hit a little... Uh, Lionel Hampton. I was like, man, this dude is killing me, man. I'm, I'm trying to keep up, and he keeps pulling and pulling and pulling. Yeah. And, and, and that, those conversations, you know, I, I really miss. But that's what I give to my kids now. I try to give them a little piece of that so that yeah. uh, they can have the passion that my dad passed to me. Yeah, man. that That's good, man. That's Keep doing that. Keep oh. doing that, man. The um, That's really positive. That's, that's what is needed right now. Even more now than in the the recent past. Um, So I'm going to ask you this question about urban music education. What what are your thoughts about the state of urban music education in your area? And if those thoughts, how can it improve? In my area right now, the urban music education is kind of in transition. A lot Mm -hmm. of students... They want the, the the microwave type of success. I want to yeah. put in minimal work and get maximum reward. <laughs> exactly. And 
I'm like, no, that's not how it's going to work. I mean, lightning only you know it strikes in a bottle every so often. I mean, yeah. every everybody can't be little Nas X, okay, with mm-hmm. this old town road, and you make these millions for that yeah. one hit. There are thousands, of maybe hundreds of thousands of guys who still wondering, you know, when am I going to get my big break? And yes. I wish these kids would realize you got to put in uh, a lot more work than what you're doing. Even if you look at some of these um, R&B legends now, even Mary J. Blige, and they've used some of jazz samples to make themselves into some great hits. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, you're going to find some real music, some chord changes, and you're able to use that sample to get you a, a great hit and maybe yeah. put a few of them on an album. But like Lil Nas X, he's got what? Maybe one, two hits on there. Now he's traveling. So I often wonder, hey, what are your concerts like? Because we only know one or two songs. Exactly. So, so we're trying to tell the kids, hey, you need to put in more. I, I tell yeah. them about the, the, the three three CD deal. Hey, when you sign a record deal, it's like it's a three CD deal. You First thing you do is all the stuff you ever rapped about or talked about in your life. And then you got the sophomore album. And then, you know, you do, you do a Christmas album. But what are you really... Are you trying to be in a game a long time? Are you just trying to have this one hit and you just done forever? Yeah. You you got to be able to to have some type of longevity. I mean, look at Puffy and and, and Jay-Z. These guys branched out and became great businessmen. But started... But started, you know, you know, with with some hits, and just kept building on it and building on it. Mm-hmm. Of course, because you really want to go back, you know, they they sampled this and that from jazz and R and B guys, so they really standed on the foundation that uh, my dad would pass down with the jazz and, and uh, even classical. A lot of people classical music, and how important yeah. it is. Yes, well, I, I can tell you, Mister Thorne. I just I, as you were speaking, I, I thought back, and you were speaking about jazz. And I just remember the time at the the times at the Willerys Jazz Festival. I saw yeah. the Willerys Jazz program. Then I thought about you because you are an active performer. Like you're still performing. I tell oh, you, yes. video of you, and then the uh, what's the event that they have in Houston during the late spring? That is the Dancing in the Streets Motown yes. and more review. Yes, yes, that oh, that yes. event is so huge, man. It's it's like. You're outside at the the uh, what is yeah, that the theater? Millard Millard Door Theater. Yes, and it's like standing room outside. Mm. You just can't get close enough to the stage no. to see you. And I and I know that you perform with them every yeah. year. Like you're just a constant performer. So that's good, man. You're yes. you're pouring this into the elementary age kids, and you're giving them this these nuggets of knowledge so they can carry on some type of musical legacy, man. And it, yes. it it came from your upbringing. So I commend you and your dad for yeah, that. Yes. And we just got to keep that going. Now, one yes, thing, sir. Yes, sir. and this Definitely. is a, a great segue into, into what you're doing, is that in Fort Bend ISD, they've named a middle school after your dad. Can you tell us a little bit about that, wow. that um, happening? That momentous occasion. Uh, yeah. When when he was elected to the uh, Bandmasters Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. uh, 
in uh, 20, I believe it was 2010 that he was actually elected. And I was like, I can't believe I'm actually seeing, you know, African-American go into this prestigious Hall of Fame. And I was wondering, like, man, this is such a big deal. I mean, what happens one day if he they name a school after him? But I was like, you know, that's far-fetched. I mean, most people... <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, of course, it's my dad. I'm biased, you know, but I'm like, yeah. he probably hasn't done enough to have something like that. And then people would start to, before Ben was building schools, and before you know it, there was uh, people within the district who would ask, hey, they're naming schools. What about your dad? And come to yeah. find out, these are people he had come across, former students who were now administrators, high-ranking in, uh, in the political world. And I was like, hey, Sounds great, you know, they're naming, you know, after, after teachers and all, but, you know, will they really name it after a music teacher? You know, mostly it's, a, it's an administrator. Well, yeah. they, 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 what they found out was the nomination process. So, mm-hmm. they found a way to get in there, found, got enough uh, si- signatures, and he was on the ballot. And I was like, wow, what if? And he actually didn't make it the, the first couple of times. Uh, they wound up naming uh, Ridge Point High School instead of Ronald Thornton High School. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, that could have been his high school. But mm. uh, they, they wound up naming it after the area. So yeah. they began to build some other um, facilities. And uh, because he finished so high in that previous uh, election for a school, they uh, began to ask my mom and I, hey, what do you think about your dad being on the – First, they said a uh, alternative school, and I said alternative oh. school. No, 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 no. Yeah, he 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 saved a lot of lives, but he doesn't <clears throat> know for someone at the alternative school. Uh, we'll we'll pass on that. You know, I yeah. was thinking maybe the performing arts center, but uh, once the school, once the middle school became available, I was like, well, let let's see. Uh, of course, everybody said, okay, we'll we'll nominate him, and it just caught fire. Yeah. Before we knew it, they were sending us uh, emails uh, saying that, hey, we've done this. Your daddy's uh, in the running to have his name on the school. And, and we're, we're drumming up support and getting people to vote for him. And mm-hmm. Before I knew it, I actually, my, my mom got the call first. And she called me at school and she said, are you sitting down? Like, yeah, mom's sitting down. You know, I'm at school. She said, are you, you have a class with you? I'm like, no, I'm on a break. I'm on a break. Well, they've uh, for Ben ISD is going to name the middle school after your dad, mm. and she and I paused. He said, Yo, "Yeah, I'm all right. I'm, I'm trying to pick myself up <laughs> off the floor right now." Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, she said, "Don't tell your sister." <laughs> I, I say, "Why would you say that, Ma?" Well, you know she's going to put it on social media. I said, "Oh, okay. Well, let me be quiet." So, yeah. So we start to call people that we could. And let's say, hey, you might want to go to board meeting, the Fort Bend ISD board meeting tonight, see if, you know, dad will be named, uh, the, if his name would be on the uh, school. Yeah. You know, but we already knew the outcome. So we, we showed up and uh, it was a packed Fort Bend uh, ISD school board meeting and it passed. Uh, he he yeah. made it and it was, I was like, I can't believe this. There are children that are going to walk around with <laughs> his name on their chest. Wow! And this this is this is forever. Yeah, <laughs> this is forever. So they 
they brought us in a few times, showed us the uh, inside of the building as they built it, and and we were just amazed. We were just yeah. amazed. You know, everybody's really trying to upgrade their their uh, design schools and make mm-hmm. it so uh, career and technology uh, cohesive for all. And, you know, we finally got in there, and I saw the band room. This was before they opened it up to the public. And, man, I walked. I, when I asked when I walked, I couldn't stop walking. Mm-hmm. I walked all the way back to the instrument room, and it's because it's, it hit me so hard that I, I, I didn't want anybody to see me crying. I, I, I knew it was going to hit me, but I didn't think it was going to hit that hard. Like, man, you're walking through your dad's band room, you know, with his name on the... I'm like, yes. oh, this is unbelievable, but just just to know that you know, I could go to a basketball tournament and my son could play in a tournament and look across and he against Ron Thornton Middle School. Oh, wow. He could, he could go to uh, the, the uh, was that concert and sight reading competition mm-hmm. and extra perform the Ronald Thornton Middle School. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is... <laughs> It 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 is crazy, man. It is yeah. crazy. That is yeah. that's amazing, man. It's, that's it's a great feeling, man. It is, dude. I'm sitting here and I'm saying, dude. Okay. <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about it because I've, yeah. I've only seen pictures of the school. Yeah, and and when, when I get back to Houston, I, I do want to go and just visit. Please, it, man. please do, please do. Just, Come on it's in. It's amazing. Yeah. And and some people, you know, people may see that. Mr. Thornton, and and they may think like you know that's not a big deal, but it that's it huge, is, man. Yeah. Because your your dad, he did so much in the in the world of of high school band, and and yes, touching people's lives and saving some kids' lives yes. as well, yes. and things like that. And then just establishing a pride within that community, man. That, that community, and they still buy into that band program. So yes. you know, um, and and like I said, man, just. It, it's just amazing, and and it people is. need to talk about this. You know, yes. everybody's on their own island once again. But we need to talk about and look at what the the giants did, and then we just need to imitate that and emulate that, and and the the, the successful parts and use that with the kids are today. And man, I, I just feel like you know, I see that you're doing it at, at the elementary level. I remember when you were doing high school and. And things like that, and you were in my book. You were successful because you, you were you. carrying on the tradition of what your dad established as far as in music education is concerned. So yes. I commend you and your family for that, and that's why Thank I had to have you on this podcast. Oh, I'm glad. Um, to, I'm glad for the invite, man. That we can do it all over and over. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This this won't be the last one, man. Okay. This will not be the last. It's, it's one. funny you say that because I've had some students reach out to me lately, and to hear them. S- say things that I said in the band room or how I touched their lives. I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. I didn't even think about it that way. I said, I'm just doing my job. And, you know, this being around not only just my dad, even you too, Mr. Williams, seeing what mm-hmm. you did with your programs, Westbury and Yates. I mean, just the way we touch these kids. I mean, we do it musically, but provide that great, strong male figure in their exactly. life. And they, exactly. they, they, you know, they, they really, really move to that. And then when they graduate, they come back and say, hey, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We, we're all humble about it. But it's like, man, you really make me feel good coming back and letting me know that, hey, 
I did a good job, you know, teaching you because you, yeah. you taught me too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They they will give you an education in life real yes. quick. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, so, sir. Well, look, Mr. Thorne, I, I appreciate that, man. And we, we're going to stay in contact. Like I said, I, yes, I definitely sir. would like to see, first, I'd like to see you and get back there to Houston and then going and visiting the school and seeing your mom and, and as well. Yes, so, um, oh, yeah. for the, yes, for the podcast audience tonight on The Pulse, we have Mr. Thorne Jr., our two, um, a legend in his own right. And he and we're so appreciative that you shared this information about your father oh, tonight. Yes. Proud, All right, you and your family, man. All right, you too, brother. All right, good night, good night.